Kansas has as many wins as Nebraska, Notre Dame, and Texas A&M combined. My goodness, I love this sport. Welcome back, everybody, to the Center of College Football. I'm your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, recording, as always, from the Center of College Football, Columbia, Missouri. And what a crazy week last week. You had four FCS upsets. You had three Sunbelt teams walk into power time, powerhouse big-time programs and walk out with W's and bags. I mean... This was just a fun, fun weekend, so let's go ahead and jump right in and talk about the games that I picked out as my top 10 last week. First was UTSA Army. Uh, I didn't watch this game as closely as I wanted to, but it went about as I expected. I mean, Frank Harris had a good game, 359 for three touchdowns. Army passed for a lot, 304 yards, which is very out of character for Army. UTSA with another overtime win here. Or I'm sorry, another overtime game here, getting a win this time, 41 to 38. Both these teams, I think, are about on pace to where I think they will be this year. UTSA may be a little worse than expected, but they're still a solid team. Next was Arkansas South Carolina, another game, one about as I expected. South Carolina, I think, is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Spencer Rattler played okay, 376 against a solid Arkansas defense, but he did throw a pick. Arkansas's K.J. Jefferson had a great completion percentage, but it was really on the ground where they got things done, 295 yards. Arkansas is, in my opinion right now, the best team in the West. Auburn's looked bad. LSU's looked bad. Ole Miss is unproven. Mississippi State has looked good, but they haven't played a ton of teams. Alabama looks vulnerable. And Texas A&M, well, we'll get to them in a minute. But I'm excited to see what the Hogs do this year. I think that game against Bama is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Kansas State at Missouri. Um, can we move on, please? This was uh, brutal. Brutal for Missouri. Um, they threw four interceptions. Uh, Jack Abraham uh, got put in for Brady Cook. He went over for 3 uh, with two interceptions. Um, so that happened. Uh, Brady Cook did not play well. Uh, Missouri just looked awful on every front. 94 rushing yards, 128 in the air, one touchdown that came late in the game. Martinez didn't even look that fantastic. 9 for 20. It was really the ground where they got things done. Deuce Vaughn, 145. Martinez looked solid on the ground. 52 yards and a touchdown. I'm just praying that Kansas State's just very, very good. I think K-State's one of the better teams on Missouri's schedule. A lot of teams... A lot of people have picked K-State to win the Big 12. I'm not one of those people. And I think, looking at this, they may be a little better than expected. Um, but Missouri's got a tough slate. Um, they got a couple games that I think could be easy wins. New Mexico State's an automatic win. Auburn, I think, will be easy. Abilene Christian will be easy. But, you know, they have still Georgia, Florida. I don't know how to feel about Florida yet. Kentucky will be good. Tennessee should be good. Arkansas at the end of the season. K-State's up there as a better opponent, but they got a lot of other teams to get through as well. Alabama Texas. Okay, Texas played their hearts out. I'm not going to sit here and say that... I'm not going to sit here and say that Texas got the game robbed. Because, you know, Alabama kicked a field goal at the end. And if Texas got that safety, then the rest of the game would have been different. I, I'm not going to sit here and say... I, there were definitely calls that helped Alabama. I'm not going to say that they won them the game. But Texas looked good here. You know, I'm also not going to sit here and say, oh, 
Quinn Ewers, you know, if he doesn't go down, they win the game. But, I mean, look, Texas threw for 292 against Bama, rushed for about 79. I mean, they <laughs> they did respectable against the number one team in the country and lost by a point. I mean, I think the only teams on their schedule that could be better than Bama, Baylor, maybe Oklahoma, maybe Oklahoma State. But if they play like this the rest of the season, Texas could could have a good year. I'm not going to say Texas is back because Texas does have a tendency to blow it. But they could have a better season. Alabama's going to need to get some things fixed. They have a tough stretch through the SEC. They're not alone in this conference anymore. The big two games being Arkansas and Tennessee. Mississippi State could throw a wrench into things. Ole Miss could make things tough. Even Texas A&M could take a swing at them. I mean, I think that... I think this year, as as we're two weeks in, this feels like Michigan and Georgia sport and everyone else is just living in it. Um, Michigan and Georgia haven't flinched. They've been pretty close to unstoppable. And everyone else has struggled a bit. Tennessee at Pitt. This was about it. I mean, this was about what I expected. These teams went round for round with each other, but Tennessee came out with the victory in overtime. Hendon Hooker looked pretty good. Uh, 27 for 42, two touchdowns. Pitt didn't look awful. Um, Keaton Slovis, 14 for 24, 191, or I'm sorry, 195, a touchdown and interception. They had a lot more on the ground with 141 yards, actually. Um, their, their, their lead running back, Israel, um, Abanaconda, I'm sorry if I butchered that name, had more rushing yards than the team because uh, um, their quarterbacks each rushed for negative 13. Pitt is definitely worse than last year, and Tennessee got a good ranked win here to start the year 2-0. Appalachian State at Texas A&M, I told y'all, I I told y'all this was coming. Texas A&M has been consistently overhyped, just always, it never stops. And the thing is, like, Chase Bryce played mediocre. He had a 50% completion rating. Cameron Peoples just ran his heart out, 112 yards. Just, Texas A&M isn't that good. I mean, that's that's what it is. I mean, I really, you know, they had, their special teams looks good. I'll give them that. They had a kickoff return for a touchdown, which is huge. Devin A-Chain looks amazing. He was, he, he put Texas A&M on his back that day. But App State played well, and I'm not going to rank them right now, but, I mean, they're one and one But if they keep this up, I mean, they could have a phenomenal season and potentially make a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, the best two teams on their schedule this year were probably North Carolina and Texas A&M, and they hung 61 points on North Carolina. This this could be a good year for the Aggies. East Carolina at Old Dominion. I didn't pay attention to this game nearly as much as I wanted to, just because there was a lot going on, especially around this time slot. But ECU played well. They played better than I expected. Thirty-nine to twenty-one. They they. I thought this would be a much closer game. I'm sorry. I just completely lost my train of thought. But they put up over five hundred yards. On the Monarchs, ECU is going to be good this year, and I, I, a lot of people have completely written off NC State. I've been saying it since the beginning of the season. ECU is going to play, or 
as I said, as I said, ECU was going to play NC State very close, and it was going to be NC State's closest win of the season. I'm not going to write off NC State because East Carolina is good. They have a very easy three-game stretch coming up um, with Campbell, Navy, and South Florida. They get into a bit of harder territory than with Tulane, Memphis, UCF, BYU, Cincy, and Houston. Um, but if they can, I mean, if they can split that six-game stretch, that's an eight-win season. That's that's huge for them. Kentucky versus Florida at Florida. I I switched my preseason pick with this one because Kentucky did not look impressive versus Miami, Ohio, and Florida beat a playoff contender. Kentucky's a force to be reckoned with in the in the East. Um, this was a huge win for them. I mean, they lost what was it, thirty one straight versus Florida, and have won three of the last five. That's huge. I can't. I don't know when the last time they beat Florida back-to-back seasons was. Mark Stoops became the winningest coach in Kentucky history on Saturday. and they, I mean, they shut down Anthony Richardson. 14 for 35, 143 yards, and two picks. Yeah. Kentucky, Kentucky could be something good. Um, they have an easy game against Youngstown State this weekend. A potential trap game versus Northern Illinois. But a lot of their hard games are pretty spread out. I think the hardest back-to-back stretch is probably Mississippi State. South Carolina, Mississippi State, then Tennessee. Ole Miss in there too, but they don't have like two top five teams right next to each other. But I'm excited to see what Florida does. I'm sorry, what Kentucky does. Florida, I don't know what my read is on you. BYU versus Baylor. My goodness, what a game. 26-20 26-20 and over. There were a lot of overtime games this weekend. Both these teams are going to be good. Double overtime game. This game could have gone either way. Jared Hall balled out. 261 yards. I'm excited to see what the Cougars do this year. Um, they got Oregon next week. And then they got a pretty easy stretch of Wyoming, Utah State, and Notre Dame. Because I don't think Notre Dame is going to be that good. But this Oregon game coming up... And the Arkansas game later on the schedule are going to be huge for them. If they can manage to make their way through this chaos season unblemished, I think they should make the playoffs. Oregon State at Fresno State, a game that I got wrong, um, but not by much. Oregon State um, was, I think it was like second and goal. The down didn't matter because they had time for one play. They were down three, and they decided to risk it and go for the win, and they got it. Last second go-ahead touchdown to beat Fresno State by three. This was huge. Oregon State right now, honestly, in my opinion, looks like the best team in the Pac-12. I don't want to hear anything about USC. They beat Rice. They beat Stanford. Cool. You beat one of the worst Power 5 teams in the country, and you beat a Pac-12 team that went 3-9 and nine last year, and suddenly you're ranked 7th in the country. They're not great. They're not this playoff team. And I'm tired of this narrative. Oregon State beat the closest group of five team to a blue blood that there is in Boise State by a sizable fashion. And a 10-win group of five team that's been in the conversation for a New Year's Six Bowl on the road. They look the best out of anyone in the Pac-12 by a decent margin. I'm rocking with Oregon State this year. I said they'd win nine games this year, and frankly, I still stand by that. 
I think the losses I had circled for them were Utah, Washington State, and Fresno State. Fresno State was one of the losses I circled, and they beat them. Oregon State's going to be good. Just, just watch. A couple other notable games I want to talk about. Marshall at Notre Dame, one of the biggest upsets in a while. Um, Marshall has only other only ever beaten one other top 10 team that was Kansas State a long time ago. And this was not, um, how do I say this? This was a mix of both Marshall balling out and Notre Dame collapsing. Tyler Buckner threw two interceptions. Drew, pa- Drew Pine threw another one. I like Marcus Freeman, but this is not a good start. And I mean, the schedule only gets harder from here. You got Cal, which is a toss-up. North Carolina, which if North Carolina plays the way they have, they're going to get stomped. BYU, they'll get stomped. Stanford's a toss-up. UNLV could be upset-minded. Syracuse has looked amazing. Clemson, Navy will be a win. Boston College, and then USC, who, while I hate this, USC is going to the playoff narrative. Better than Notre Dame right now. This could get ugly for them very quickly. Washington State at Wisconsin. This is a huge win for Washington State. One of the tougher games on their schedule. The week after looking bad against Idaho. I mean, beat an FCS team by seven. Were, um, they were down to them by ten at one point. I don't know what they said to, what their coach said to them at halftime of that Idaho game, but some got flipped because... They played well against Wisconsin as an 18-point underdog. Cameron Ward went for 200 yards and threw two picks. Not great, but they still managed to get the job done. So kudos to Washington State for that one. Holy Cross at Buffalo. I only want to talk about this game because of the Hail Mary. 31 all, like five seconds left. Just, Just heaved it like 50 yards. Holy Cross with a huge upset good game for them kansas at west virginia look a lot of people i've seen are spinning this game as west virginia's bad west virginia's bad west virginia no that's not the narrative that i want to see that's not the narrative that is happening the narrative that i want to talk about is that kansas might be good i mean look jt daniels played well for himself 28 for 40 359 yards three touchdowns and a pick that pick came in overtime they rushed for 146 this team dropped 500 yards on kansas 500 yards but kansas still won kansas themselves dropped 400 jalen daniels threw three touchdowns had a combined yardage of 300, which is kind of impressive. You got that exact number. I look, I picked Kansas to go four and two to start the season out. One of those said losses was to West Virginia. The other one was to Houston who they played this week. If they can knock off Houston, they have a real shot at six and oh, I don't want to see the narrative because I don't, I don't see, how do I say this? I don't see this narrative floating around that Pitt is awful. Kansas beat West Virginia by more than Pitt beat West Virginia by. Kansas managed to win an overtime game by two scores. It doesn't happen that often. I 
I don't want to jump. Okay, I do want to jump on the bandwagon this quickly. Kansas looks good. Kansas has looked very good, and I don't want to hear this. Oh, they, you know, their first game was against a nobody. Okay, they played South Dakota to open the season last year, and they won by three. They beat Tennessee Tech by 50, 46. They're scoring 55.5 points per game. I don't care who you are. That's impressive. And again, this other one was against a Power 5 team on the road, and it's not like it, they were going to Kansas State or Oklahoma State or something. They were going far. They went halfway across the country to beat the Mountaineers. Kansas looks good at f- football. My body like physically like stopped me for a second from spitting that out because it doesn't sound right. It doesn't. It sounds weird, doesn't it? Kansas might be good at football, but they are. Yeah. Lastly, probably the biggest headline of the weekend. Georgia Southern at Nebraska. Am I just not allowed to have joy? What is it with these one-score games? I I don't know. I And Nebraska's offense looked good. Just the thing is, Nebraska can't put together a complete team. Last year, their offense was fine. Their defense was great. Their special teams was non-existent. Now, special teams is fine. Offense is, frankly, respectable, in my opinion. Their defense is awful. I mean... Look at just look at these offensive stats. Casey Thompson, twenty-two for thirty-three, two ninety-one, one touchdown. Anthony Grant, twenty-seven attempts, one hundred thirty-one yard or one hundred thirty-eight yards, a touchdown, two hundred fifty-seven yards overall. Nebraska dropped four hundred and fifty yards almost on Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern though, Kyle Van Trees dropped four hundred nine yards, a touchdown, two picks. 233 yards on the ground. They dropped 650 yards on a blue blood team. What is happening? Nebraska was 214-0 at home when they had scored more than 35 points. They're now 214-1. My father and my sisters and my brothers were at this game. I could have just said, family, I'm not sure why. I'm kind of in tangent mode right now. We're at this game, and I was texting my family saying, I really hope we just lose, that we can finally be done with Frost. Nebraska has not lost a game by more than nine points since some point in 2020. I think it was the Ohio State game. We are 4-11 in one-score game. In, in Words are hard. We are 4 and 11 since the start of 2020. 2021, sorry. We have scored more points than we have given up. We have not lost a game by more than 9 points. If we have won all of our one-score games, just the one scores in the last 2 years, last 2 seasons that is, we're seeing at 14 and 1, we make the Big 10 championship last year and we have a shot at the playoffs. But instead, Frost just can't complete games. I'm happy he's gone. I like him. I wish him the best. I think he's a great person. But he could just not get things done. I'm excited to see what Mickey Joseph does. I was kind of shocked that they hired him to be the interim. I was expecting Mark Whipple. No disrespect to Mickey Joseph, but 
he went from wide receivers coach all the way to head coach. I was expecting Whipple because he's been the coordinator and he was a new face. He did well at Pitt, but I'm very excited to see Joseph. I think that he will be good there. A lot will be shown at this Oklahoma game this weekend. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So as far as the playoff eliminator goes, there's quite a few teams eliminated. Starting off in the SEC, came out of the week with 13 teams remaining. One got knocked off, being Texas A&M, losing to App State. Florida, South Carolina, Mizzou, and Vanderbilt also all took their first losses. In the Big Ten, they just lost one of their teams with Nebraska. We went over that. Uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, Northwestern all also took their first losses. In the Big 12, West Virginia took their second loss of the year. They're gone. There's nine teams left in the Big 12. In the Pac-12, Colorado got blown out by Air Force. So they're gone. I'm sorry. In the Big 12, Baylor and Texas also took their first L's. In the Pac-12, Stanford, Arizona, and Arizona State also all took their first losses. In the ACC, there were 13 teams left. Boston College took their second loss of the season to Virginia Tech. So they are now out. Virginia also took their first loss to Illinois, but they're still alive. In the Independence, Notre Dame took their second loss of the season. The Independence only have two teams left vying for a playoff spot, being BYU and Liberty. In the American Athletic Conference, there were four teams left. UCF took a Friday night L to Louisville. SMU, Houston, and Tulane are the only ones left alive. In the Mountain West, they came in with six teams left. There was only one now. San Jose State lost to Auburn. Fresno State lost to Oregon State. Nevada lost to Incarnate Word. UNLV lost to Cal. And New Mexico lost to Boise State. Air Force is still undefeated. In the MAC, they came into this week with five teams left, have one remaining. NIU lost to Tulsa. Eastern Michigan lost to Louisiana. Akron lost to Michigan State. Ohio lost to Penn State. Toledo is 2-0. CUSA had three teams left and walk out with just one. UAB lost to Liberty in overtime, I believe. Uh, Florida International lost to Texas State. Western Kentucky is still undefeated. And then in the Sun Belt, they came into this week with seven teams left and have five remaining. I believe that's more than all the other group of fives combined. Yeah, because three, four, five, six, almost as much as the other group of fives combined. Old Dominion took their first loss of the season to Eastern, um, or East Carolina. Arkansas State got beaten down pretty heavily by Ohio State. But ULL, South Alabama, Marshall, Coastal Carolina, and Georgia Southern are all still undefeated. Appalachian State, I'm so sorry. I wish you were up here. So there are 71 teams left vying for a playoff spot. We're two weeks in, and almost half of the teams are gone. I love this sport. So moving on to next week, I'll go ahead and jump into my top 10 games. First is Georgia at South Carolina. A lot of people have picked this as an upset game. I'm not one of them. I think it could be close, though. I think this 24.5-point spread is massive. This is the first big challenge of Georgia, in my opinion. I don't think that Oregon was that good. I think South Carolina is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Do I think they'll win the East anymore? Not necessarily. I think they'll be about as good as I expected. But Georgia is Georgia has reloaded um, in a way that I did not think they were capable of. We'll have to see. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. I'm going to roll with Georgia here. Next is Purdue at Syracuse. I predicted preseason Purdue to go 9-3, and three, Syracuse to go 5-7, and seven, and I still was rolling with Syracuse to win. Now, Purdue has been a little bit underwhelming. Not, not horrible, but I didn't expect them to lose to Penn State. And Syracuse has looked great. I expected them to beat Louisville, but they 
slaughtered Louisville, and Louisville then turned around and beat a UCF team that I thought would win 11 games. Sean Tucker's looked great. Dino Babers, I think, knows he's on the hot seat and is trying to avoid that. They're about a point and a half favorite right now, so I'm going to roll with the orange, especially with it being the distance that it is. Give me Syracuse. Oklahoma at Nebraska. Look, Oklahoma is 100% on upset alert. The spread is not that big. It's only 11 points. But this is a huge game for the Huskers. This is the first time that Oklahoma has been to Lincoln since, I want to say, 2010, maybe 2009. Any Nebraska fan that's older than... What year did Nebraska leave? So Big 8 turned to the Big 12 in 97. Any Nebraska fan that's older than 35, this is a huge game for them. Um, look, Nebraska and Oklahoma had their rivalry in the 2010s or the 2000s, but it wasn't the same. It's a new head coach. Nebraska's looking for something new. They want this win. I'm going to roll with Oklahoma for now. But I'm excited. I'm going to be at this game. I'm excited. I think this could be very, very fun. Penn State at Auburn. Penn State's been slightly better than I expected this year. I didn't expect them to start 2-0. Don't think they should be ranked, to be honest. I think it's a little premature. They beat a Penn State team who the jury's still out on, and they beat Ohio. They went 7-6 last year. I think being ranked is a little bit premature. But Auburn has been about as good as I've expected, and that's not very good. I expected them to start 2-0 and then collapse, and that looks like that's what they're about to do. They barely beat San Jose State. I think they lose at home, um, especially, I mean, being a daytime game doesn't really help them. I mean, if it was a night game, that environment would be amazing, but I don't know. It's, yeah. So give me Penn State in this one. BYU at Oregon. I don't understand why Oregon's favored here. Um, Oregon has hung 70 on Eastern Washington, which... That's impressive. I'm not going to lie. Eastern's a good team. And got smacked by Georgia. BYU, on the other hand, has beaten the number nine team in the country. This isn't a terrible, terrible distance. Okay, it's it's a little far, but BYU has taken down bigger giants before. I mean, they went on the road and beat Wisconsin a few years ago. I got to roll with BYU here. I don't understand why Oregon's favored. Give me BYU. Troy at Appalachian State, look, while I picked Troy to pull off the upset in this one, preseason, I I, I initially wrote down Troy, but after I think about it more, I, I got to roll with upset. This is strangely the college game day game. That's part of the reason I'm picking it. I'm rolling with Appalachian State. They're, they're definitely on upset alert. I'll give them that much. But the Mountaineers have looked good. Um, Camera Peoples has looked amazing. They've been able to run with the best of them, and this is their easiest game to this point. I think I'll go with App State. Kansas at Houston. Look, maybe this is just wishful thinking because I want as okay. You can't tell anyone this because I go to Missouri, but I kind of want Kansas to be good this year. It'd be fun for the sport. Um, Houston's underwhelmed me a little bit. They're one and one, um, which is what I expected, but that UTSA game could have gone either way, and they lost to Texas Tech. It's their home opener, but the hype behind Kansas right now may not be there outside of the program, but it definitely is inside. This would be huge for them, and this is their hardest game on the path to 6-0. and And after that sixth game against TCU, the slate gets really tough. If they want to get to a bowl game, they started, they got to start winning games here and now. And I'm going to roll with a minor upset here and give it to Kansas. I think they win this game. 
SMU at Maryland, this game is going to be an absolute track race. The offenses of these teams, the the offensive schemes of Rhett Lashley, it's just going to be amazing. Um, SMU is averaging, I think, like 46.5 points per game. Maryland just has one of the best quarterbacks in the country with Talia Tungavailoa. Rakeem Jarrett at receiver is great. This game is going to be a ton of fun. I'm just seeing touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. I'm going to roll with Maryland, though. Being at home, having a coach that's coached a little bit more, having a, I think, better quarterback, better receivers, better facilities. SMU just can't really keep up with that, I don't think. I That clip's going to get taken out of context if they lose. But I'm going to roll with Maryland here. Miami at Texas A&M, the battle of the overrated. I've been saying this for months. Okay, I just I have to I have to get this out. I don't understand it because everyone's like, "Oh, Hayes King's not that great. He's overrated." Tyler Van Dyke, he's a god. He's amazing. He's gonna be great. He's going to win the Heisman. They have almost the same stats. Hayes King, four sixty-one, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Tyler Van Dyke, four hundred forty-six yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And you can make the argument that Miami has played easier player teams. They actually no, there's no argument. They have Bethune Cookman, Southern Miss, Texas A&M has played Sam Houston, who is much better than Bethune-Cookman, and Appalachian State, who we've already discussed, is one of the best group of five teams in the country. I don't think Tyler Van Dyke's that good. I've been saying that for months. He's, I, I don't see it. Um, I'm going to roll with Texas A&M, though. I think they're going to be a little bit upset. They're favored right now by a little bit. They're at home. I think they're desperate for a win, and I think the seat's going to get a lot hotter for Jimbo than it would for... Um, Mario Cristobal, give me Texas A&M here. Lastly, Fresno State at USC. USC is a 12-point favorite. No, give me Fresno State. I, I'm aware they lost to Oregon State last week, but that was a very close game. Jake Hayner has... You can make an argument that he's played better than Caleb Williams. I mean, he's thrown for like 150 yards more. Like, they're rushing for more. I, The only thing that really they haven't matched with them is points. And frankly, that's because I think they've had a harder schedule. I mean, they played Cal Poly, which is an easy one. But they played Oregon State. I'm going to roll with Fresno State here. I think they go into the Coliseum and crush the dreams of Lincoln Riley and company. I've been saying that for months. And even though Fresno State lost, that doesn't change anything. And frankly... If that doesn't happen, it's going to happen next week when they play Oregon State. It's The dream is going to become a nightmare very quickly for USC. They're not making the playoffs. I'm just going to say that. So as far as the playoff eliminator goes, um, the playoff eliminator games this week, there's only five. Uh, Western Kentucky at Indiana. South Alabama at UCLA, which is a weird addition. Tulane at Kansas State. Liberty at Wake Forest. And SMU at Maryland. As far as upset alerts go, there's quite a few with as crazy as the season's been. Um, first is Miami of Ohio at Cincinnati. Miami of Ohio is a 22-point underdog. I think that's crazy high. Miami's been okay. I mean, they played Kentucky semi-close for a little bit. Since he's definitely taken a big step back, this is going to be, I think, a good gauge for how big of a step back. Um, so you may want to keep an eye on this one. Old Dominion at Virginia. Honestly, I'm I'm still kind of back and forth about who's going to win this game. Um, 
Virginia hasn't impressed me. They beat Richmond by 17 and then got blown up by Illinois. I could very much see Old Dominion winning this game, and I'll do a little more research, but I may pick Old Dominion to win this game. They're right now, I know my rules say 10, 10 points the difference. This Virginia was a 10.5 point favorite when I made this script. They're now an 8.5 because I think the people are realizing that Old Dominion could do this. South Alabama, UCLA. South Alabama shut down a Central Michigan team better than Oklahoma State did. Um, Central Michigan dropped 44 on Oklahoma State. They only dropped 24 on South Alabama. This would be a huge win for South Alabama. Um, right now, they're like a 13.5 point, 15.5 point, sorry, underdog. Um, I guess we'll wait and see, but this could be a game to circle. Cal at Notre Dame. Cal is 2-0, but has looked pretty bad in their games. They beat UNLV by one score. Um, it's at Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame fans are very desperate for a win, but this could fall apart even more for them. Notre Dame's a 12-point favorite right now. I guess we'll just wait and see. Georgia Southern at UAB. Georgia Southern obviously has surprised me. UAB's been a little bit of a letdown. UAB's an 11.5-point favorite right now. Just another game to circle. Could be interesting. Pitt at Western Michigan. Pitt is an 11-point favorite, um, but we all remember what happened last year. Pitt, I think, is a little bit worse. Western Michigan's probably about the same. Western could very much pull this off back-to-back years. UTSA at Texas. Um, this was a game I picked UTSA to win preseason. Texas is a 12.5-point favorite. I'm not going to pick UTSA to win because Texas did go round for round with Bama, which is impressive, but this could be a program-changing win for the Roadrunners. As far as game day pick go, game day picks go for week four, um, there's really two big ones that I think it could be. Um, the third one's kind of just tossed in there. Florida at Tennessee um, is my number three pick. I think it could get interesting in the East. Um, we'll see how Florida does. This week, I don't know. This was one I kind of just tossed in there. Number two is USC at Oregon State. If USC can beat Fresno State, this could game could become very interesting. I'm just not sure if the general population wants to see Oregon State play as much as I do. That sounded very conceited. I'm so sorry. Number one, though, is Duke at Kansas. Um, I think the storyline behind this could be great. Duke has a um, layup game this weekend against... North Carolina A&T. They beat Northwestern. They beat Temple. This is their easiest game to this point. Kansas, though, if they beat Houston, you will have a matchup, a football matchup between two basketball blue bloods sitting at 3-0. The story there is insane, and I think a ton of fun, and I think this game could be great. And I, I think it, from a from a TV standpoint, is without a doubt the most entertaining one of them. Um, as far as my picks from last week, I went 16 for 20, 76%. Not horrible. My worst out of the three weeks, but still not bad. So those are my picks for the week. Sorry if this feels kind of rushed. I um, lost my train of thought. Hold on. Give me a second. I'm going home this weekend, so I've been doing stuff to kind of get ready to leave. Um, so... If this is late, I apologize. So with that, I'm your host, Jeffrey Kelly, recording, as always, from Columbia, Missouri, signing out.